Welcome to the Traders Show. This episode is brought to you by Paperstone. Hello hello traders, welcome back to another episode of the Traders Show. Uh in this episode we're going to be talk about people who have influenced us and we're going to focus on one man specifically. Uh so when we started trading, we have come across different materials in the form of books, uh art- articles, podcasts, and different things have had different influences in how we look at markets, how we look at how to build a business and how we look at life in general. One man who appears on that list and is common among the three of us is a man called Ray Dalio. Uh so Ray Dalio has authored the book Principles, started Bridgewater some time back. Uh Bridgewater is basically a hedge fund that is focused on trading uh macro markets. So they look at different markets, at uh, different asset classes and they go long and short. So we're going to talk about the different things he's done. We're going to give you a brief summary. We believe there are a lot of gems in this 600-700 page book and many of you may not uh, get a chance to read the book or even if you read the book, maybe you didn't view things in the same way we viewed things. So what you're basically going to do today is you're going to have a solid discussion on what this man has been able to accomplish and what we can learn from him because at least one of his principles is this the general life arc and the general life arc is life can be divided into three phases the first phase you're dependent on people uh you're young basically you're going to school you're dependent on your parents to shape you the second phase is where basically most of us are currently uh where you're transitioning from depending on someone and you're now becoming an adult so you're learning to depend on yourself you're starting a career maybe you'll start a family and people will slowly now transition to depending on you so that's the second phase of life where or the second phase where even your parents can turn to rely on you uh, so the first phase is you are depending on people yeah the second, second phase, phase is now you're transitioning to an adult and people will come and depend on you mm-hmm. as you transition to an adult and the third phase and the third phase is now where you have gone through the second phase the third phase is where now you're basically passing along what you've learned yeah. uh, in your life journey if you've been successful And so he he's in the third phase he's doing a very very uh, amazing job that's what I'd say of passing along what he's learned and what is valuable uh, for young people who are interested in pursuing markets pursuing business pursuing life in in a different light and I personally think I've learned a lot from him so today we're going to talk about his story I'll give my colleagues a chance to introduce themselves tell uh, tell you guys how their week has, has been and then we'll just directly jump into the topics uh the different things that this man has been able to accomplish we can divide the podcast into three main sections i think the first section will be before he started bridgewater how he learned about markets the second section will be how he started bridgewater and what he has learned building the company and how the company is structured and the third section can be alongside bridgewater and what he has done i think we can talk about his philosophies on how markets work how he views markets what he thinks is important if you're going to be a trader and an investor for the long term and then the third phase is we can pass along some of the principles which have generally impacted us and how we look at things so i think that's how the podcast will be structured but before we start uh, let me allow my colleagues to introduce themselves hey hey what's up guys so welcome to the podcast today as kenna said we'll talk about <coughs> uh, ray dalio raymond dalio uh, better known but he's known as ray dalio and Red Dalio has really influenced us for those who do not know him he has the biggest hedge fund in the world um known as Bridgewater Associates um where is it America where Connecticut Connecticut 
and uh, if you know most hedge funds are normally maybe in the heart uh, new york side and all wall street yeah wall street but he decided to take his all the way to connecticut and we'll talk about him we'll talk about uh, how he came to do all those decisions how how he trades how he thinks his principles because we're basically talking about his book that ken has introduced it's a, it's a very thick book but it's very very informative and if in this world out here um for us we've relied mainly on books to to know how things work how markets work how trading works we've never really gone through the traditional way of going to school the economist way and normally red ali also um talks about the same how he is really a practitioner not really um an economist and yeah. th- that's a big difference economists know different things but they don't know what to do when the, um when it's time to execute but Ray Dalio really really emphasizes that uh, he's a practitioner and uh, how he approaches the market okay so we'll talk about him it's very interesting very good uh, story um we'll give some recommendation recommendations some books some videos maybe that you can watch but apart from that we love his works we've been following him ever since we started trading we've watched him in our about 6 years now into trading we've watched him he removed this book while you started trading yeah around 2017 yeah yeah so yeah. we had already started trading yeah. and then later on he came in before that he removed the debt crisis after after was after yeah. this was the first book he started this one and, and then, then the big, big debt, debt crisis yeah and changing world order then the changing world order which yeah. came out was it this year or last year this last year. year changing world order yeah it's a really recent one this year Yeah. whatever the probably yeah. but it's very recent it's less than one year old so anyway so we'll talk about remondalio apart from that my week has been fine we're also watching the market still doing our challenges and they're going quite fine so we'll keep an update on that but today let's focus on Ray Dalio and what he's left for us behind as Ken said he's going into his third phase and he's giving back to people so so that's it from me uh, let us introduce greetings people uh thank you so much for joining us in this episode also So uh today as my colleagues have said we're going to talk about this great man Ray Dalio. Uh, I don't think I should uh echo much about what you've said you've introduced him well. So for me personally I I I really really like the works of Ray Dalio because he has helped me shape two parts of my life. Both trading and business. So at Financial Hub basically we we we, we do both. We are we in business and we also traders. So trading is a business then we also have another business whereby we now uh try to teach people about trading. So he's really really shaped much about how how, how I look at business, the challenges you, uh, you face when uh, when doing business, how to come out of uh, of challenges when you are facing them, basically the plan you uh, you can use to come out of challenges failing well. So much. So this guy has really really shaped much of how I look into business and also uh trading. So bo- those two aspects are really really important. I think my life re- most mostly uh, revolves around those two things, business and trading. So I think he's really really is one of the person uh people who have shaped much of how I look into business and also how I look into my trading. So the story will be much about him, uh his his uh, how he started trading, his failures, his successes, uh what you've learned from him. His books. He's authored about three books now, I think. As Caleb has said, the Big Debt Crisis, Principles, and now uh, the Changing World Order. So three very, very uh, important books. You guys should also uh, maybe uh, get what is in the books. Maybe purchase the book, uh, or you can find it online. Maybe because he also, I think, gives the ebook for 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 free. He also gives all his ebooks are for free, so you can access them. So uh, yeah, Principles is for free ebook. 
changing all orders for free book as long just the physical book is the one which is being sold yeah so uh you can you can uh access his materials he's a very very great man he has a lot of documentaries on him so uh, i think we will pass along what we've learned from him uh and how we are putting it into practice much of his failures also because he started trading back in the days 70s so uh he's a, he's a he's a seasoned trader uh been in the markets when the markets were up down up down i mean uh, he's faced all the 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 most of the not all but most of the market cycles so he's been in a in a in a boom market he's been in a bust market and he, i think he's made money uh, he lost money i think in the first boom market then he made money a, 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 a lot of money in the bust so we'll also talk about how he made money his principles basically he's just a great man and i think that is what we will dive deep into the podcast so ensure you watch this through the end so that uh, you can learn much it will be basically be a summary so we'll summarize uh, what we know about redalio and um bridgewaters the 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 the, the hedge fund so we'll we'll basically uh, just give a brief summary of 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 uh, this man redalio and the company he's running so i think we can start from Yeah, I think that is all I had. My name is uh my name is Taras Lawi. Sorry for that. Uh and for this week in terms of markets I really really didn't have an active week. So I had anticipated about two trades uh at the beginning of the week but they both uh slipped away from me. So I didn't get a chance to catch them well. So uh this week I was a bit flat on the markets. So just watching markets an interesting week also we saw uh the Fed's raised rates by uh, 75 basis points. So that was also a very very impactful uh uh uh, uh event for this week so that also they released gdp on thursday i think so they also released gdp on thursday gdp for the states is not growing so fast but also uh it's it's a bit flat i think it grew by about 1% or something so it was a, uh, a a very flat flat gdp growth rate so uh markets we are now looking at a market in a recession a market not in a recession that is the main debate about uh uh the main debate in, uh, on wall street and in, uh, and in washington so guys are looking at are we in a in a, in a recession and uh the others are for traders and also for 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 um the central bankers they're looking at the inflation numbers still are very very high about 9.1% so they're really struggling to bring that number down that is why they are raising uh hikes uh, they they hi- they're hiking rates very very fast at 7 uh I think now it's about 2.25% 2.25 and 2 2.5% yeah so we are at a at a now a high interest rate environment so that is the major thing shaping markets but personally for me i've seen an awkward move so i was expecting stocks to move down but i'm still expecting them to move down probably next week but for this week i think the gdp numbers helped our stocks stabilize so stocks were able to to at least move uh, up i think most of the stocks this week have done really really well nasdaq dow jones i think overall for the week they are up more than 2% for each of them yeah so stocks have been stable uh amid raising interest rates so it's a it's a it's a it's not a really really common thing to see but uh, let's look into next week and the next coming weeks probably to see if the trend will change and if we will get that down move in the stocks in commodities we also, we, we've also seen gold moving up i think trading at about 19 uh, sorry uh 1766 at, at, at the moment so also gold is moving higher but uh, let's look uh, at the trajectory moving to the next week uh, moving into a new month also so next week will be a new month august so we're moving into august also so let's look at how the the, the markets will move probably for uh, for the next month we are still bearish long term on those assets uh we are bullish still on the dollar so that is just on the market outlook for the week uh, i didn't have any trade this week so i was flat uh but yeah let's get into the man ray dalio paperstone gives you access into the global markets with more trading opportunities 
first-class customer service and peace of mind. Withdrawals are quick and for those in Kenya, M-Pesa is enabled. Paperstone Markets Kenya is regulated by the Capital Markets Authority. To open an account with Paperstone and begin your trading, click the link on the description below. Can you start? I think Caleb is in a better position to start since mm. he's the storyteller. storyteller. Yeah, so among the three of us, Caleb is the one who's very, very good at uh, passing along things in the form of stories. <coughs> and uh, he has gone through this book. The first section of this book is divided basically into how Bridgewater was built. Uh, so I think what I can do is I can explain to you a little bit about Bridgewater, then Caleb can come in and explain to you how it was built. Uh, so Bridgewater is a company that was started in 1975 in a two-bedroom apartment. So when we started ours also, we used to joke we are doing the same thing he did because he started in a two-bedroom apartment the same way. Uh, he started it with a few of his colleagues and he grew the company very, very well from 1975. He started, by the way, by sharing his research on the market. So he was not basically managing money in a two-bedroom apartment. No, what he was doing was he was trading his own personal funds, but he would share with people his perspective on what markets were doing or what the economy was doing and what it meant moving forward. So, for example, he'd say maybe we currently in a we're in a period of high interest rates and we also have high inflation, so they are most likely we are going into a period of stagflation. And in a period of stagflation, this is what I think different assets will be doing. But this is how I think a portfolio should be structured. So he started by sharing his observations like that. He was he used to call them daily observations of the market, and he'd send them out. And after doing this for quite some time, the World Bank approached him with $5 million uh, as starting capital for him to start trading. And he took the account and started managing the account very, very well. With, so he started the, the money management side of it with $5 million from the World Bank. I think the World Bank was the first client he had, at least from the story we've read. And so from that time, he started just trading well and he would make money, he would make money. Then came to a period in 1982 where he went bust. So by going bust, I mean he lost everything. He lost every single penny that he had. So he had a view again of markets that uh, the American government had lent out so much money to the Mexican uh, government and other emerging countries. And so he thought that these countries will not be able to foot the bills. And he expected that since that would happen, the American economy would tank and we would go into a recession and stocks would sell off. And these things, he shared them, and it was a very controversial view at the time. People expected him to be wrong, and he was right. So he, things started getting right, but he was wrong on one thing. He was right on what the economy would do, but he was very, very wrong on what the stock market would do. Why? Because he expected when the economy would go to a recession, stocks would sell off. Instead, when the economy started going to a recession, the governments came in with a lot of money and devaluing of the dollar, and that resulted in a very, very strong stock market. So from 1982, we had a very, very strong bull market, and he lost everything because he was tied to his ego. He didn't cut his positions, and that is when he learned the value of uh, dealing with what you don't know. So the first line of this book is, whatever success I've had has come from me learning how to deal with what I don't know rather than what I know. So he says that for him, that was the most painful, but it shaped his career in a very different way. And from that time, he has approached things in a very, very different way. And I think that was one of the moments where his principles came to light and he formed a very, very different view of how the world works and what needs to be done for you to succeed, especially as an investor whose sole, whose sole job is to bet against what the majority of the people think. Is, is right. So Bridgewater now has been in existence since then, so 1975 all the way to 2020. Uh, they have different funds, so they have the 
pure alpha fund they have the all weather fund he's a great believer in diversification as this holy grail to investing so he d- believes you should diversify across assets across countries and across strategies maybe even that's what one thing i i have personally observed from how he looks at markets he's a big believer in looking at historically what the market has done and trying as much as possible to learn from historical experiences according to the man there are no new things under the sun everything that you're looking at has happened before only that it didn't happen in our lifetime so we may think of it as new but really if you just pay attention if you go back historically and try to examine then you'll find that some of these things have happened his second book which is the changing world order is basically a compilation of 500 years of research second or third third big date is the second okay yeah is that book yeah is that book yeah cuz he has the big debt crisis mm. so his third book which is the changing world order is basically a compilation of 500 years of research into how different empires dynasties and markets generally worked and he's come up with very very good observations and indicators and i think generally if you try to examine how he trades uh, and i think how he trades is well explained not in this book but in the book hedge fund market wizards which is uh, an interview that was done by jack swagger on him on how he looks at markets because that one focuses basically on how he looks at markets one thing you'll observe is he focuses on a few economic indicators and he has tested them with algorithms to see how different asset classes perform under different economic environments and how to structure a portfolio under different uh, economic environments so what basically that means is when rates go to a certain point inflation goes to a certain point gdp goes to a certain point geopolitics are at a certain point then there's a way they'll restructure their portfolio to fit certain risks when things change they'll restructure it again when things change they'll restructure it again at least that's what i really really understood and he talks about four things that are really really important how the economy is doing and how inflation is doing so if the economy is growing or is the economy slowing down is inflation increasing or is inflation coming down those are the four main things that should get but if you want more of that stuff to digest it and analyze it you can look into that section of the hedge fund market wizards book there's a chapter on him you can go through it but for now Caleb can take us through the story of how Ray Dalio became who he is Ray Dalio became Ray Dalio yep so um i won't go that deep because uh, i'll just say um what's above the water because i don't <clears throat> I've been reading but the last time I read the book was some time back but I remember the story I like stories as Kenna said so such things intrigue me then I can go like if someone comes to me tells me the story of this person then now I'll be more interested to now go deep into his works yeah yeah and that's the same way I got interested in Reid Ali if I just got this book at first and started reading it I don't think I'd be that interested but once I got sort of like a teaser like I can remember I told him about Shoe Dog Feel Night and yeah. he bought the book the following week. I'd not bought the book, I just read the story online and then he bought the book so yeah. that's true. Yeah, so yeah. So if, that's what gets me. The same things Steve Jobs, Phil Knight, well, we've read a couple of people, uh, Bill Gates, all these people uh, and Elon Musk. Elon Musk. Yeah read this book by Ashley Vance and I keep telling people and people in especially at the office uh my colleagues uh Mitch Nico uh Kinairin keep telling them uh, and the others uh, that if you want to take this as a, and also my students that if you want to take this career man you have to read and we keep laughing with Ken and Tara saying we don't understand how people don't read like once you start reading 
like you yeah. you can't stop it, it is dealing with the what you don't know <laughs> <laughs> it's a very good explanation i was thinking about it i think i should even share this yeah, with yeah, you no, yeah just to interrupt you kidogo yeah, before okay. you start i was thinking about how uh, i was just listening to someone again talk about the same thing you're saying like reading and and like you can imagine your life if you didn't meet this book or your life if mm. you didn't read Steve Jobs or your life or the first book we the the, the currency market yeah, what yeah. was the, the mastering the, the currency, currency, currency market that's exactly. the first book we read about trading about trading yeah. to get from the library yeah. in the EU exactly mm. you can imagine if you never met such books a whole new world was opened because you flipped through a 300 page book or a 200 page book and you spend about 2 3 hours maybe doing it okay mm-hmm. now there's so many books written mm-hmm. outside like over a million books written at mm-hmm. least from statistics published mm-hmm. yeah even more than a million <laughs> exactly. I've said there the over a million like books, 10 million yeah. books. Yeah, more than exactly. a lot Now, yeah. i can assure you that out of those 10 million books the ones that have true gems which can really really also impact your life change your mind are not that many yep majority of them are talking about the same stories written in different languages some are fictional some are fictional exactly, exactly. so One thing you should also be very careful about is first of all how much time you spend reading and the mm. second thing is what are you reading mm. okay exactly. and the last one my lad what are you thinking about of what you're reading exactly. remember that principle that my dad wrote remember those the things in the book yeah remember yeah, yeah like you might be reading this book but what you're thinking is very the questions you have is very mm. exactly. it don't help yeah precisely now Based on that I tried to think about how many times I can cover in my how many books I can cover in my lifetime. Mm. And I decided to be very very optimistic and mm. I said assuming I'm reading 5 books every month mm. which translates to about 60 which books. is a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. 5 books every month. Every month. That's that is lot. if reading is your career. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you can, uh, you, can, you, can, you, can. you can. If you're reading 3 hours a day and you're reading Depending on how fast you are yeah, you can read 5 books a week a month. A month. Yeah. Can. for me okay practically pra- practically yeah. practically from what i've been doing i can't because yeah, i think can. i think for me i read a lot of books but i don't do them to completion like and i read interesting parts that what i want to get from the do. book exactly that's also mm. something you should do you shouldn't even spend so much time with a book if you're going through something that's not mind intriguing mm. or mind boggling you should just skim through it so okay, those yeah, books yeah. also which will skim through, skim through. yeah mm. But if you're reading let's say five books so I'm being optimistic again mm-hmm. like, you've, like you've said five books still you have to be an avid reader you have to put reading as your priority you have to spend mm. time doing it okay but if you read five books a month that means you're reading 60 books a year mm-hmm. okay if you live for 60 years so you're starting with what what year I'm for you assuming age, you're starting from now 25 25 so you live till 85, 85. that's it Get a charge for lifetime yeah 60 years yeah 60 years 60 60, 60 years yeah 6600 books exactly mm-hmm. so even if i'm being optimistic the maximum number of books you can read at least from where we are is 4000 that that one you being you should be very careful those 4000 books so what if kill 10 million how do i fika so even as you download these books yeah be very careful what you read And so one of the things that I've personally decided is to first focus on classics like the books which have been tested over time. Mm. These were great books and have been mm. recommended by generations and generations. Mm-hmm. So you should try to spend much of your time there. Mm-hmm. 
you should try to spend much of your time where you have questions like you've said but you shouldn't just read for the sake of reading mm-hmm. you just go to the bookshop and you just buy any book exactly if you're being thoughtful and you really understand what you're trying to accomplish mm-hmm. and you really understand again the time you have mm-hmm. and again another thing that I also decided is for me I'll really prioritize reading mm-hmm. like yep. number one. number one, if I have if I have let's say if I'm told listen you're going to make more money doing this but you're not going to have time for reading mm-hmm. I don't want more money mm-hmm. so I'll I'll spend more time reading I've mm-hmm. decided solely to focus on doing certain things because I know the value of doing certain things in the long run But anyway, that was just something yeah. to say on top of what you were saying. So as Ken is just saying, my, my point was, you have to read, and read vastly. Uh, we don't just read trading books. We read, we read widely. Like I have philosophy, business, exactly. a lot. And even Seneca, uh, from the letters of the letters of Stoic, Stoic he says, letters from a Stoic, um, he says about books, you should rather have... A few authors. A few authors and go deep into them. Yep, and yep. have many or just all over the place. Mm. And yeah, it just is like, it's like, it's like eating food. You can't take all the foods at once. At once. You have yep. to, some specific ones and you stick by those yeah, consistently. Consistency, yeah. yeah. So Let them so be digested. Yes. Because <laughs> now, you'll come and see, we've read the works of Robert Greene. I'll come to read re- re- Robert Greene. You go deep into them. So yeah. there's mastery. Out of, uh, out of seduction, out of seduction, forty-eight laws of power. Which else? Thirty-three strategies of war. Three strategies of war, laws of human nature. Mm-hmm. So there's this new one. What is the new one? Daily laws. Daily laws, yeah. Yeah. Don't call the daily laws. Yeah. So when you get someone like Robert Greene, go deep into him. You get someone like Ray Dalio, like Kenny saying, now he has three books. Now this is on economy yeah. and how the world works, works. from an economics, yeah, business. business. Um, principles you go deep into that um go to the side of philosophy you get a few philosophers go deep into them um go to biographies of course biographies you'll find mostly just one one because it's a whole story compiled but it's also interesting so you know ha- you have to know that then another thing also like telling people about reading books you really have to have questions about what where you are in life like i see many people struggle reading books because they'll take a book Like now someone will come and take this book and say, let me read Ray Dalio because Ken was talking about it. Uh, not even halfway. Somewhere to page 10. This book is boring. You know, like, yeah. like me, if you bring me a book on right now, like... Biology. Uh, biology. Or, 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 <laughs> or motivational books. When yeah. you started reading, I really wanted those motivational biographies. But now you're beyond books. it. And now, those are the same things, like you're saying. I'll just skim through, okay, see a few things that this girl was saying. Maybe it's a bit different. Put it in a different way. Maybe kept a different story, which I'd also like to share. Like that. But I won't, you know. Yeah. Uh, motivation. Yeah. I don't need motivation now. I have it. Uh, <laughs> 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 now I need understanding. You're motivated enough. I'm motivated <laughs> enough. And now I need an understanding of, okay, I'm already in this business now. How can I make Great. it work? Yeah. Okay? So now, while you are doing that, you stumble upon Ray Dalio. He's in the world of economics, uh, trading, finance, business, as Kenna said, life principles. He's encompassed all this. And as Kenna was saying, he started his year trading, um, I, don't, I don't remember which year, but it was in the 60s. And yeah. I remember he started quite aggressively, like Ken was saying, he was writing articles. Um, no, you should take them back to all the... Cudding. 12, cudding, but... Exactly. Okay, yeah, that's true. Uh, that, that's what I was saying. I was as a young boy, as a young boy. 
Yeah, we can we can change This guy started trading yeah. at 12. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 at 12. Yeah, true, true, true. Because mm. he was cutting and for those people who don't know what cutting is is um the golfers. Yeah, so yeah. cutting mm. those bugs for those people, <laughs> those rich men who are playing golf, exactly. you carry for them those bugs. Yeah, yeah so mm. he's cutting, he's following them and just listening from afar. These guys are talking about financing, the way to become wealthy and become rich is through investing. You're talking so about the stock market. Stock market, yeah. Yeah, yeah stock market. At yeah. yeah. that time people were making money from stocks. Crazy. And that and that golf club was a was a was a private club. Mm-hmm. So only the rich used to come there as Kenny exactly. saying John F Kennedy and most golf clubs yeah, exactly exact. yeah 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 mm-hmm. and the rich of course you'll find many investors uh, one would mm-hmm. come rich guys are from wall street through the stock market through the stock market <laughs> everyone who's a billionaire in the stock market yeah, yeah true everyone and everyone because everyone, everyone, everyone who's a billionaire owns stocks exactly yeah. <laughs> that's not a billionaire if you don't own stocks yeah. how yeah. Yeah. imagine You take wow. that point seriously <laughs> the only way you become a billionaire is on stocks mm. there is no other you yeah, can't own land can you loan the whole world <laughs> <laughs> you get because yeah. but anyway yeah so he was cutting and listening to these people and talking about finance then then how did he how did he trade how did he take his first trade uh, he saved he saved he, uh, he saved about 300 i think from mm, from cutting money yeah how old was he that around oh, that 12 years 12. yeah yeah around 11 12 so Yeah. Uh I think I don't really really know how maybe he even opened an account. Mm-hmm. Uh, he opened an account through his dad. Through his dad, yeah. He bought his first stock which was Northeast Airlines. Yes. Which was trading below $5. And the only reason he bought that stock was because it, it was the only one to afford. <laughs> yeah. So he just, he, no bought sure. he just bought it. He just bought it. Exactly. He just bought it. It was a very and dumb strategy. Lo and behold. Mm. Uh, he tripled his money though. Mm. Luckily. It was Uh, the company was going bankrupt but it was acquired now so it was by 300 dollars yeah 300 dollars and the amount you guys started trading was how much 300 dollars hey <laughs> and you tripled <laughs> it and you also tripled it and you lost it and he also lost it because <laughs> you followed many votes that but continue yeah, i'll show more similarities so he 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 lost yeah no he made he tripled he made, his yeah, money he, tripled, yeah, he tripled his money now from the trade and he got hooked now from that time so he mm. said ah if i've put my money here and after this short time i've tripled it mm. then this game is easy i yeah. can become very rich and that time is 12 years old exactly. he's still in school he's still mm. in school <laughs> so from that time <laughs> he was that story in the stock market and he was just looking at it mm. yeah and then and then like you said he tripled his money then he came later and lost it yeah so he, like even before he lost it in 1982 i think uh He uh, was trading trading to He was trading uh, okay yes he's in he's in high school still trading in high school mm-hmm. but high school was boring for him very boring he says I will accept this will put it and may also quote it because it's <laughs> I hated school <laughs> I, I, I hated school. I hated. School. I really did. <laughs> yeah, because like what he was learning in school and what he's doing in the financial markets. As, mm. as Pelikani, uh, they're not aligning at all. So, hey, school could have biology, mm. but this guy is in numbers, numbers, looking at prices of asset prices. Yep. So, high school was a very boring time for this man. Then he went to campus. At least he chose what he wanted. So he chose economics. Mm. Yeah. So from there, at least school now became. Campus? I think he, he went, went to first of before Harvard to he went to another college another he, he college. didn't get grades he didn't <laughs> get grades he entered there by probation <laughs> he was just probation so he came in but now in college he liked it because yeah. he was learning now things which were interesting to him so he yeah. got good 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 grades and then he went now to Harvard Business School yeah. okay. uh, so he cleared Harvard Business School then he started a job at uh, a company called Dominic 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 uh, yeah, something Dominic Dominic something yeah. 
Yeah. It was the only company which was doing commodities at that time. Mm. Yeah, commodities yeah. were not hot, and he yeah. knew how to do commodities yeah. very well. Because I know he, he actually first he was an advisor to to farmers. He was advising yeah. farmers on, yeah, on yeah, how yeah, to yeah. hedge their 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 harvest. I think through futures. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, so tell them Because <laughs> what he will do, he would look at um, things like so he'll compile data. Trading is all about data. Yeah. Compile data, many things together, and I think that's how he started his base principle of how he invests. He's looking at weather. Yeah, he's looking at production of production. things. So he's forecasting, okay, you know, if weather somewhere maybe it's bad, you know, maybe there'll be drought, then you know um, the produce will be a little. So exactly. it's going to, uh, there's high demand, less of it, it's going to go up in price. And yeah. so sort of, sorry, I, th- yeah. I think I also do the same thing to my to my parents because mm. I'm a family from farmers, so we do farm. And for me, I, I tend to advise my parents on when to sell their produce. Mm-hmm. So when you sell your produce, okay, most harvests in terms of maize happens around November, December. Mm-hmm. When you sell at that time, the price is very, very low. And because everyone is selling. Eco. Oh, no? mm. Exactly. At that time, you'll find maybe a bag of maize goes to about 2,500 shillings. Mm-hmm. Let me tell them, hold. <laughs> Wait for six months. Sell it in June. Mm-hmm. Mm. At five thousand, almost double the price. You see, no one has maize at that time. No one has maize at that time. You see, uh, there's no one harvesting, so no one has maize. So you're the only one selling. Mm. No, no, exactly. So you get a very, very good Under price. Time. So that was, I think, what he was doing, yeah. trying to tell the people. Okay, I think in the next six months, the price of maize will be, Better. the corn will be, wheat will be mm-hmm. there. So our farmers on Amlipa Kujo, when they will sell their produce, produce. Mm-hmm. you see exactly. So he was, he was more, more into commodities. So he mm-hmm. wanted to get into a commodity. Farm and yeah. I think that that farm was what yeah, uh, exactly what was doing yeah. commodities. And here's yeah. where you also started writing now articles. No, no. At Dominic, Dominic, he stayed there for some time. Then he was fired. See, I'm not pigana. boss. boss. What was he doing? You know, they just went out drinking. Yeah. And then I think they had a scaffold yeah. and he hit the boss. <laughs> but he was not fired by them immediately. Mm. But over time now he was released. So when he was released, that's when he decided. Let me just start my own thing and start sharing these ideas that I have mm. on where different things will be going. Yeah. yeah, I remember you said I I I never want to wear a tie and <laughs> commute for anyone. Again. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and that's when I started writing um, those daily observations. Daily mm. observation: what he thinks about the economy, markets, yeah. the mm. markets globally. Yeah, and with, if I continue the similarities, that's the same way as we started our company. Okay. Because uh, <laughs> we've said we started with the same amount. Taras is doing yeah. the same thing Little he thing. did <laughs> on investing, uh, giving advice. Memoir, guys. It's a good revelation. True, then true, the next true. thing now we moved into now, like what we're saying. Um, he started writing articles. Yeah. And just giving um, advice or just his insights of where he thinks the market was going to go. Yeah. And those times he was quite knowledgeable and his predictions were almost quite accurate and uh, back to us now the similarity we also started the same with our company we started with our website because we know people didn't know us so even before we started teaching we decided okay let's start first by giving articles just giving our sentiment our insights about the market um philosophy i mean uh, psychology um, um the markets as a whole um newbie uh, new stuff yeah. uh, what new is content all that so yeah so so a bit of similarity there so just comparing the two so that's where the dalus started and then i think from there i uh, sorry you know i'm trying to piece together also the story yeah, it's long since i read it mm-hmm. uh, you continue what happened from there from 
from from starting articles. from starting uh now starting writing articles and starting he's now started investing as well yeah so world bank approached him with 5 million dollars and they told him based on the observations you've been writing and how you've been researching imagine, these markets you guys imagine you yeah. just writing observations then people mm. come to you with 5 million dollars and that's in the 60s dollars. yeah that was a long time that's ago. a lot mm. of money yeah so with 5 million dollars and they told him listen manage for us this account it was basically an account he was given to manage so he he started now structuring the portfolios for them he told them okay now we need to rotate from this to this now the risk is high here so we need to change it from here to here mm. uh this is what basically what we do for a living that that is primarily what we train people to do or basically what we do for a living uh which is basically to examine where different asset classes are and to try and think about where these asset classes are going for the next maybe week, two weeks, month, six months, depending on your horizon. And then you structure yourself in a way, reposition yourself in a way to benefit from those moves. So that was basically what he was doing. He did it for now for quite some time. So mm. he built it. Now it started growing big, he started mm. growing big until he got to that point now where he'd be consulted, he'd even share. His observations now started getting read by people. Mm, all yeah. over Wall Street traders economists Trader and is a very controversial man exactly. I think that, that is the reason is. why he, yeah, he still is yeah. yeah he still is controversial yeah so he he will share his opinions and then he slowly but surely started gathering up momentum capital and he started now growing but then the big collapse came in 1982 mm-hmm. just about after 6 years, years of trading yeah, yeah about 6 7 years of trading exactly mm. so uh, he lost everything uh like and, and 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 before he lost everything <laughs> <laughs> and he had to go yeah, back before, to our parents <laughs> before before you said the part for he lost everything uh-huh. so it's important to mention that he was he, those days he used to be very arrogant 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 is the word don't tame it any <laughs> yeah arrogant true. you know with success with uh, listen there's also a very fine line i think personally mm. from my own understanding of things there's a very fine line between confidence arrogance and being strongly opinionated mm-hmm. okay it's very very important to be confident mm-hmm. and to be strongly opinionated but mm-hmm. not to be arrogant mm-hmm. okay because mm. again if you don't have strong opinions then it's 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 very hard Caleb, for you for example to drop out of school and decide to pursue what you pursued if yeah. you didn't have strong opinions mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. but now there's arrogance there's mm-hmm. Yes you have your strong opinion on this is not right this is what is right but mm-hmm. then there's being open minded enough to listen to other people's opinions and other people's ideas on Bet. why things are like mm-hmm. the way they are or why should being open minded exactly being mm-hmm. open minded now attaining that balance is not easy mm-hmm. and one of the principles he came up with is be assertive and open minded at the same time, the same time. Mm-hmm. and that he learned from his mistake exactly because he had predicted he was predicting the markets were going mm-hmm. to was it go, go up a recession down down yeah, down. yeah. yeah. he bet actually that was one thing he did <laughs> he bet <laughs> everything <laughs> 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 his opinion <laughs> his opinion <laughs> and went in front there's a that video we'll put it mm. also here Public. there's a video that he says i know how I markets know work <laughs> in front of people people very sure and he kept all his money in that will go down Lo and behold the opposite mm. happened the market really rallied for a very long time, long time. Uh, yeah that was the beginning of the bull market <laughs> exactly. the beginning <laughs> that was the beginning yeah? that yeah. was when it started it's like selling the like the covid momentum uh, it was the mm. 18k that was the beginning <laughs> of the bull market of you bleeding now for the yeah. next two years yeah. but exactly. anyway yeah so like you're saying he lost money now and then 
like Larry was saying, he had to think of whether he'll wear a suit and tie and then work for other people for again. Other people, yeah. Uh, so he was thinking to like get a job. And I do this he first again. went and borrowed money from his dad. Uh, he had to borrow yeah, money and from his dad. And what yeah. really, really pained him is he had to fire everyone. Yeah, yeah. Bridgewater's yeah. 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 I think from eight employees to went to one. Yeah, he was alone. Mm. <laughs> he was the only one. <laughs> <laughs> and he's not even. So these are good stories we also learn from these people, such <laughs> that you're having a good ride, then all of a sudden back you're alone. You decide not to give up. You're still pushing. You have you're done with the dream mm. and the vision. Then you make a comeback. Mm. Same similar thing happened to guys like Steve Jobs by the way. Yeah, if you true. look into their stories. Phil Knight. Phil Knight. These guys yeah. have, were pushed to the corner. Before we go great see I see. Una push you And it's it's good to know these stories because they'll help you. You'll you'll come to know you're not the only one who's gone through this. Yep, yep, so yep. Mm. but anyway, so he decided he has to start all over again, but now he has to approach things in a different way. And that is now when this man became the one who he is. Ray Dalio became Ray Dalio. He really changed. Mm. He changed a lot. He, he really changed. changed. His approach on risk changed. His, his approach, his approach on, on markets. Markets, mm. uh, knowing, humility. Mm. He moved exactly. from being extremely arrogant to being extremely humble. humble. <laughs> extremely. <laughs> extremely. Yeah. So not And I not think he's still that person. He's still very a uh, very humble man. Exactly. He very has never man. changed. Yeah. I think that experience he him change kabisa. So just going into a brief uh let's explain a bit love i think you can do that you can explain a bit about how first of all the bridgewater culture is like if you're going to work into bridgewater what ca- what can you expect in in that culture okay so <coughs> this book basically is is a, is, is, a, is a summary of his 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 years uh. from how he started failing learning from failures and there's that thing he calls the five five step process, process. Yeah, yeah exactly yeah. So for him it's basically in life the only way to progress is through reflecting on your mistakes failures exactly failures, yeah. so re- re- reflect on your failures and your mistakes then you can progress from that so there's no progress without failure yeah that is how he thinks and that is what he tries first of all to pass through his uh, his employees in that failing is not a bad thing you can fail well uh, and that i think he puts it yeah a principle fail well, well. struggle well you see exactly When you fail well, what like what does failing well mean? Failing well basically means you're open to failing, you are accepting it and you want to learn from it. Exactly. And th- that is what I uh, uh in human nature we do the opposite. We are human so nature, attached. human nature has not taught us to fail. Like life like life as a general has, has not taught us to fail. The system. Yeah, the system has not taught, has not taught us to fail. And now this this guy comes and says, "Fail well." You see? And it's an oxymoron. Exactly. So, and it's a very difficult thing. So, first of all, at 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 um at at Bridgewater, I think that is one of the main principles that Bridgewater's. So, look at your failures positively. So, okay, yes, you fail. Yes, you have a bad trade. You have a bad week. You have a bad month. Take it positively. You see, mm. a lot of traders they don't like facing their failures. Not traders only. Mm, exactly. Everyone. Everyone. Exactly. But it. it, it it honey it showcases in trading you know in trading the good thing about our failure is in trading there is no willful blindness yeah exactly your failure is in black and white yeah, black and like white it shows if you lost money you lost akuna akuna mm. middle ground no no but for other professions you can have like a filter which is mm, you hide around that you hide something. around that filter you know i felt but but <laughs> so exactly. you hide around it mm. also none. dalio says like he gives an example if you follow his instagram which you guys can go and follow ray dalio mm-hmm. he gives 
wisdom insights yeah. every day breaks down the principles i think yeah. into and sometimes some smaller videos. principles so there was one i watched you was talking about how how in life people like to hide from the truth mm-hmm. for example you mm-hmm. you denial you in denial mm-hmm. let's say you 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 sick uh, maybe you have cancer cancer or even aids mm-hmm. hiv yeah. but he gave that example but you don't want to go to the doctor for them <laughs> to confirm that yes you have it okay yeah. you 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 rather hide in the not knowing than going and knowing, knowing the truth yeah. but he says you rather go and know and work on it accept yeah, it true. then you might even ego and its defense mechanisms one of the first defense mechanisms of the ego is denial denial yeah number yeah. one number one like safeguard you, your ego exactly mm. how you're structured <laughs> the first thing to mm. do the first response your ego will do is to deny things even if it's the truth you'll first deny before you come yeah. to accept mm. once you understand that it becomes even easier to accept things because you know you'll deny before you accept mm. exactly. before that and that is what he says like know the reality and deal with it exactly yani jua ukweli asa hiyo ingine pambana nayo deal with the truth not exactly you can hide under not what is real basically like you are you are you are cheating yourself you see exactly and that is comforting to people ah you literally know you're lying to yourself but you're comfortable self denial yeah that self denial gives people comfort like it's easier for you to to deny something that you know is either right or wrong then accept it yep. and you will feel comfortable denying it then accept then accepting it exactly apart from uh, i was talking about failing well yeah um there's also this one principle uh he talks deeply about uh on the culture of bridgewater as you asked ken the idea meritocracy part of it yep so i think we can go deep into idea meritocracy yeah. like yeah. Uh, what does it say uh, what does he say about it how do you implement it yeah how do you maybe create it in your own because i think we've really really tried to also put it in our you know accompany the culture of maybe uh, basically basically idea meritocracy means uh uh we are open to all ideas but the best idea wins means it's exactly. not who has the, the idea, idea. Exactly. There's there's no, yeah. the idea there's no hierarchy there's no hierarchy Ken is, mm, exactly he's the boss hierarchy. his things go you can be the ceo but your idea is not the best yep the janitor has the best idea and mm. you have to go with the janitor's idea exactly <laughs> so that is idea meritocracy and that's one mm-hmm. when it comes to ideas i think the second one that i'd put in which is very very powerful is and that's one thing that i think also many people have not learned is criticizing power exactly okay so at bridgewater if we're in a meeting everyone has something called a dot plot is it called mm-hmm. a dot plot or something yeah, dot plot, yeah. dot plot mm-hmm. of collector i don't i don't remember but what basically that means is every time the meeting is going on you're given a chance to rate uh how people for example are prepared for the meeting how people are handling the meeting how people are uh contributing to the meeting mm-hmm. so for example if we come to a meeting and i think Caleb did not prepare for this meeting is not engaged and mm. He's not doing the right thing yeah. then despite him being let's say at the top of the organization i'm right there saying 
Caleb, you came into this meeting not, not well prepared. You didn't conduct yourself in the best way possible. And part of the reason why things didn't flow as well as they mm-hmm. should is because you didn't do this and this and this. And That's this is how it's affecting the company. Exactly. In most companies, the intern ananga hata kitu ya kuambia boss. Kwanza in Kenya yetu. Tafuta. In Kenya, eh, ngumu hiyo vitu. Yaani kupasiwa along. So you can imagine now like us we are trying to we are structuring our organization to have such such a culture whereby anyone's ideas whether you came in today or three weeks ago or three months ago whether you've been with us or you started or you started <laughs> even yeah or us who we started still someone can come in and criticize me and it gives a very very uh, good uh, explanation of something called thoughtful disagreement. disagreements yeah thoughtful disagreements exactly so thoughtful disagreement if you think about those two statements what basically it means is at some point we'll disagree but please can it be in a thoughtful manner can all of us put our ego aside and focus on finding the truth exactly if we can both do that then we can have a thoughtful disagreement and those are the three things he says to have an idea meritocracy three things put your honest thoughts on the table have thoughtful disagreement abide by agreed upon ways of getting past disagreement, disagreement. exactly, exactly. Yeah. so again there's also some things which i think also people need to understand for meritocracy meritocracy comes from the idea of merit again still if you're a new trader and you're starting to trade let's say mm-hmm. and you have an idea on how the portfolio maybe should be structured we will listen to you and you'll give us reasons but let's say if lawi is the risk manager and has uh, over 15 years of trading experience and risk management of the portfolio if he differs with you uh when your idea is just coming out then you should be willing enough to listen to him because he has more merit he has yeah, spent sure. more time doing it so he has more qualification to teach you and one of the principles again he has is realize whether this is a conversation between peer to peer or student to peer yeah yeah exactly yeah he realize yeah realize well. whether and he says if you are the student be humble enough, be humble enough to Listen. learn from the other person exactly and umsemgine if you are the teacher don't feel like you are yeah, the god be also humble yourself to treat this other person the right thing the right thing exactly, exactly. so he has that principle where you have to realize when you're having this conversation because he says there there are three kinds of conversations there is above to below there is below, below to, to above, above and above and then there is uh, across peer to peer, yeah. exactly So like us when we talk this is peer to peer conversation because yeah. I don't assume I know as much than Caleb or Slavi because mm-hmm. we've been gone through the same thing the same age, same, same, same experiences so this is a peer to peer conversation but we could have someone who's been trading let's say for 20 years like Michael let's say and if you're talking to him even if you and I think some of those things also come from human nature mm-hmm. in that when you're talking to Michael our nature basically is for us also to tame ourselves and listen exactly also yes, you you'll want to listen because mm-hmm. i've also met people who've started trading an year or two ago and they when they come to me they listen they don't exactly. come in with the idea i know everything they, mm-hmm. they come in and they say okay i've seen some of the things you're doing and i'm willing to listen but also now you need to realize that as much as let's say i've done this for long there's some ideas which you can have uh, and i need to be able to listen to them So you need to be humble enough for you to uh at least accept some of these things that are being thrown to you by the people who are who are below you. So I think that is one of the most important principles for Bridgewater. 
but i think for me the personal lesson that i'd say i picked up from him uh is the one of the most important things uh he has is realize that the ideas in your head could be wrong very wrong utterly wrong yeah wrong wrong <laughs> realize that realize that Real, just have that fear he calls it a healthy fear realize that the ideas you have in your head the maybe the the ways of doing things that you think things should go mm. could be wrong and be humble enough to allow other people to criticize you and to show you other better ways yeah he says that's the greatest tragedy you can oh. have in life exactly having the wrong ideas in your head and you're living with them and you're living with them Paperstone is an award-winning online global forex and CFD broker. It offers unparalleled service, exceptional pricing and quick execution speed. So, I think the basic point is be open-minded enough to reason with other people on a level of uh thoughtfulness. Thoughtfulness and also on a level of trying to understand because also I've noticed you can reason with someone and this is also something that is in the book I think uh is this book by Stephen Covey mm. it's called the seven habits of highly effective people mm. and he says one of them is listen with an intent to understand rather than with an intent to respond mm-hmm. i think if you listen with an intent to understand that's very very different from listening with an intent umaliza sapia mean kisho so and you'll find yourself listening from both viewpoints eh? there are times where personally i've caught myself listening with an intent to understand mm. and listening just for the sake of listening like i know what you're saying i'm not even there najua mm. too i'm lost in my own ideas and if you listen from those two viewpoints you'll discover that it's very very different if you listen with an intent to understand mm. versus with an intent to respond mm-hmm. there's a very very fine difference between yeah, and may like approaching life that way always listen to the other person yeah understand where he's coming from because even if he's wrong and you give time to understand them you'll know how to correct them but yeah. if you're just arguing as you don't know let me tell you uh-huh. understand and okay this is what this person means then you'll understand okay this way is going wrong okay this way i can correct him exactly and if you do like that he'll oh, okay okay makes sense and what is one of the ways to also practice that so how do you practice that i don't know listening yeah oh, well, one of the best ways to practice what you've just said yeah. which is listening with an intent to understand mm-hmm. is to make sure after i am done speaking please tell me what you've understood from what oh, i was from saying, what saying. Mm. Okay. oh yeah okay yeah, that's so true so if i was speaking and speaking and then you can now say okay ken so before i even respond to you so is ken this what you mean? is this what you mean mm. yeah often you'll find that you got it wrong you got it wrong completely mm. completely completely you get mm-hmm. so that was something devised by a psychologist called mm. Carl Rogers or something yeah mm. he's talking about such ideas so you should really try and have now such filters where you you know okay maybe nilikupata wrong mahali so okay correct yeah. it a bit correct it a bit then now you can respond yeah yeah but these are not hard things yeah these are things you have to really really be conscious to teach yourself because for the rest for the last 20 or 25 years of your life umeko kishi on the other hata hujakuwa conscious of such things umekuwa tu kishingi maisha yako and conscious templates so you're learning some of these things right now now you can imagine trying to teach this to a 50 year old who's never done them mm-hmm. or a 60 year old an older person can't listen to you cuz how you are kids do you got to make me congrats and that's when i'm normally i'm normally humbled when you get students who are way older than us yeah. 
mm-hmm. like this person has hey he's in their 40s but he's come to listen to a 25 year old exactly <clears throat> that's a good trait to understand this person is very open minded mm-hmm. he's listening to young people mm-hmm. hey that's that's hard that to come by principle. He says be radically open-minded. open-minded. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Any principle, any you are so closed-minded you think you know. Mm-hmm. You don't want to know what Ken knows. Mm-hmm. Ah, life ita, ita. <laughs> be open-minded. Yeah. yeah. It can be age, it can be uh maybe career-wise, maybe you have an MBA. Mm-hmm. Me I don't have a degree. Oh, uh, it means we una idea yote ngi. We una masters, I won't listen to you. <laughs> exactly. So be open minded. Ule msana gani hata ajui vitu no bag mara aja vitu mingi kukushinda. Exactly. So because I can share a few yeah, principles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll share about uh, about four. Before you move on. Yes, yeah, yeah, it is fine. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, just as the book starts, this is the opening statement Redalio mm-hmm. says. This is introduction part of the book. And he says Before I begin telling you what I think I know uh, uh, what I think I want to establish that I am dumb shit that is <laughs> humility exactly this is dwee bado and I'm, I'm trying to enough. <laughs> mm. I'm dumb shit who doesn't know much relative to what I should no no mm-hmm. exactly you know you should know much but sasa size how do that much so mm. you're open to learning and that is what I think through the book you now goes and says be radically open minded Mm, whatever success I, whatever success, success I've had in life has ha, has had more to, more to do with me knowing how to deal with my not knowing than anything I know. Yeah. Exactly. So in life even as you talk to the other person, skrianga mean kama Exactly. Just listen, 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 okay? Understand? Then you can respond exactly. You can go on Caleb with this was a I'm damn shit was the point. Yeah. So a few things he talks about because uh, I wrote a summary of the book. I haven't finished but uh, it was a really it's a big book and really interesting and I don't to like we said take one author who's really well versed in what he's saying then go deep. Um yeah. Especially I know Ken likes the likes of Kenna Jordan Peterson. Yeah. Go deep in him. Yeah. Because uh, Sam Harris. Yeah. Go deep in him. This these are people who are really speaking they're modern day philosophers yeah. yeah but anyway so back to here so one thing he really says and something we've also tried to practice in our company an organization is a machine that consists of two things a great culture and great people and if you go f- if you go further behind you know we like connecting like steve jobs says you can only connect the dots looking back not looking forward now you, these things keep connecting dots if you go further behind we read the book good to great and and James Collins talks about how um uh, good is the enemy of great you should always pursue to look for the great people yeah. uh, great culture great things they're not just good good is not enough uh, good is not good enough you know so good deep and one thing he says about um it's not like having a company you're putting people in a bus uh, if you see these people shouldn't be in this bus or maybe they want to go a different direction be very um open minded or what can i say I don't know what's the word to say to confront this person tell mm-hmm. them the truth like eh. cuz you're wasting this person's time yeah, true, true. Uh, don't waste his time just tell the person be honest and Samaris has this book called lying he says honest lying is one of the greatest things that just makes us not progress as a species if you're honest with one another I'll help you ras mapema eh hey, you're doing the wrong thing you this you know, this you, you go do it you know and at the end of the day it's also opinions you don't really take at your 100% also go and really think about it but one thing he says a, a great company insists of a great culture and great uh, people so a clear organization has both great yeah, people uh great people now he says if other says each influences the other the culture and the people mm-hmm. because the people who make up the organization determine the kind of culture it has mm-hmm. 
the culture of the organization determines the kind of people who fit in it. Mm, yeah, yeah. You get? Like it attracts what mm. is, is So as the people will create the culture then the culture will attract people who can people, fit yeah, into the culture, yeah. Into true. that culture. And one now if so we So the people precede the culture but the culture overwhelms the people. Yeah. Then it mm. just goes back and forth. Because you can't start with, with culture first. You start with people. Yeah. And the like people we start the three and of that's us, why create a culture, culture. Yeah. other people will now join into the culture. Exactly. Okay. And that's why now peop- uh, investors invest in the people. Yeah. yeah. The company is the company. But without the people, the founders, who, who are the founders, what's your story, where are you coming from, how are you guys working together, you know, yeah. that's what. So, so a clear organization has both great people and great culture. Great people have both great character and great capabilities. Okay then number three, great culture brings with what you're saying the five step process but now this is under the culture itself great culture brings problems and disagreements to the surface and solve them well and they love imagining and building great things that haven't been built before so the five step process what Taras was saying uh, whenever you're progressing in life it's not it's never a straight trajectory Even yes. markets are not markets don't move in a straight line exactly <laughs> nothing <laughs> moves in a straight line and those mm-hmm. Hmm? There's this there's, there's this um, meme or video I saw online. Well, pull back. Shuka this scientific experiment. I don't know if you guys have seen that video. I don't know how I'll get it. There there's a ball. There's there's a line, there's a ka ka thing. They put the ball on two different things. One has a ka line. It's just straight. Then this other one, it has it's like a roller coaster in end wave. Then he puts yeah, mm-hmm. then he puts those balls together. Mm. And then the goal of these things for the balls to go and back, go mm-hmm. back. So on the straight one, you can see it's, it's going, coming, going, coming. But this other one, the one that's EV, mm-hmm. it's even going faster than the other one. It's going good to Jinjinagonga in a rude EV. It's going faster than the one that's just going straight. So basically you're saying life is not a straight line. And don't do the bumps, you're going even further and faster. You might think you're moving behind, but when you hit the bump, then you learn from it. Now when uh, yes it gets momentum I'm momentum sure exactly to say na pa- I, momentum hiyo mko inakuja na speed yeah. then it you get <laughs> you get it <laughs> so it was i saw it online it was an interesting one and i really liked it yeah mm-hmm. but life is not a straight line so the five step process he normally says one because you're normally going to go into a trajectory and in life and we keep saying this and some people normally think that you are negative or what no matter how good your life is at the moment itakuwa mbaya one or another along at a point yeah true it's 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 like you know saying up earlier struggle well because in life you know life we have many struggles many can be financial mm-hmm. financial yes you have money certainly financial mm. can be family mm-hmm. you see mm. your kid is maybe the most notorious kid is <laughs> in prison any <laughs> you see family because you have money yeah. but your kid is in cases Drugs. can be your wife drugs any she don't mingi she doesn't say about money peke so exactly in life there's something that will always bring you down mm-hmm. doesn't have to be money but yes. maybe your mental health can mm-hmm. be down your normal just health uh, your health can be down yeah you can be the richest man but you you what if you want the second hand president problems are there problems are always there so you have to know how to deal with them continue caleb yeah so Good point Taras. Now, if you bring the five step process of when you're going through that journey, mm-hmm. have clear goals so you know what your first point for. is your goal. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you know what you're going for. Okay. I want in trading my one year goal is to make uh, 10% every mm. quarter. Like now I can say my goal is to be the third money manager in Kenya. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Now that's a clear goal. You have a clear goal. Then along the way 
you'll encounter a hiccup. So, when you encounter that hiccup, identify the problem preventing the goal from being achieved. Mm-hmm. Identify it because you might hit like a wall and you don't know hey, nini. identify mm. the, problem. the problem and the root okay. cause and the root cause. Mm. Then diagnose what part of the machine or this problem that is not working well. Diagnose it. Okay. How he says everything is a machine. That's how his mind works. Now machine up Now if because I wanted people to relate, but how he says it, diagnose what parts of the machine. Now the machine is the people and the designs that are not working well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Then design the changes. Okay. So goal. So goal. Problem. Identify the problem. Diagnose, diagnose. the problem. Mm-hmm. Then change the. The, the, the machine. Mm-hmm. Okay, after my the diagnosis, the design, huh? change come to us, and mm. if the machine, you, you get my point. Mm-hmm. And then now, doing what is needed. You've changed these people, now number five is doing what is needed. You've changed the people. I think it says evolves. Yeah. Yes, now, now execute. Yeah, execute, now, execute. Now, yeah, now execute, do, yeah. do what needs to be done. Need so to may be change. Done, yeah. So in him, now he shows how life trajectory goes in a loop. Okay? And if I find so it, even that picture. If you can just attach it to them, they'll yeah. have, we'll have a better loop that you can attach to them. I ah, think okay. I have a perfect sample on TED Talk. Uh, nice. Yeah. yeah. So, it's a loop. So, goals, now how, how it looks here. Five-step problem. Goals, problems, diagnose, design, doing. Goals. So, it's always like that. So, it's a loop. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, this is a culture he has. Whenever they're now, the company is moving forward and there's a problem that has come up. Um, some some can be predictable. Some you can't really. They just come up. Like in the market, black zones. You can't. Mm-hmm. You didn't know 9-11, COVID. Okay, uh, the goal has been interfered. Let's diagnose that. So that was also a good culture that we learned from it. And then another thing he says also, tough love is effective for achieving great work and great relationships. And tough love is tough love is done that has what you're saying. Criticize the other person mm-hmm. openly and have those thoughtful disagreements and abide by ways of True. moving forward. And it's and tough why, love. Why do people hate that thing, by the way? It's called ego. Mm. It's ego. It's yeah. ego. Mm. Mm. Like in pain though. But you know, I was reading I was reading the works of Sigmund Freud. Yeah. And he was saying our personality comprises of three uh basic breakdowns. So we have what what, what our personality okay. can be broken down into three basic components. So we have one, the id. So the id, according to him, is the primitive instincts you have as a human being. Yani your need for sex, your need for food, your need for validation, Drugs, your need for entertainment. Entertainment. All those things are primitive. Yani they're primitive behaviors. Mm. Like imagine telling a young kid when you kongea, check you sleep you konja ngoja ngoja utakula after one hour. Atalia tu mpaka apate food. No. But now as you grow older, you now develop the ego. Okay? Mm. Mm. So the ego is now uh, how you learn to interact with society, people, how to behave. Yeah, and those things. So you now mm. become aware kidogo. Mm. So the ego now is what tells you check you gonja like you know is kula meeting wait to lear to lear. Exactly. after a meeting imesha. Mm-hmm. But then you have the super ego. Mm-hmm. So the super ego is super ego. Uh, super ego is the moral and uh, the moral side of you as a human being. Any what you've been taught is right and wrong in society. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's like your conscience. It, it talks to you when you're about to do the wrong thing in a conversation. Check, check live to end up do <laughs> that. There's that voice which <laughs> yeah, comes, true, true. but you can really, really tame it. You know, you can do evil, mm. <laughs> but now everyone has that, that voice. Mm. So, a perfect human being or a human being who's uh, aware 
learns to regulate between the three impulses. Mm. It's very very important for you to uh, satisfy these id things because also if you repress them mm. they come back biting you in other ways. But then it's also important important for you to strive to do good mm-hmm. but don't do good too good until it becomes a problem. Mm. You know every uh, there's this quote that I like every virtue when pushed to the extreme becomes a vice. Yeah. If you come too kind being a good vice, I quit in a virtue. If you mm. become and that's what my brother King Solomon says, mm-hmm. do not be too righteous. Exactly. And do not be too wicked. Exactly. <laughs> be in the middle. <laughs> 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 you should be in the middle by the you shouldn't even because you can imagine <laughs> you can imagine <laughs> people <laughs> say, trying to push to the extremes it any you can't live without scenes and certain things they mm. they'll just come about they'll bite you at some point mm. so now a perfect human being is one who's integrated the three of these things now if you integrate them let's say like for us now what you've learned is your ego how it works the reason you're feeling so much pain when someone criticizes you mm. is because of this id uh because of this id part of your personality mm. there's this primitive part of your personality that thinks when someone criticizes you they don't like you mm-hmm. they're saying you won't succeed <laughs> and he's not exactly, rooting for you he's not rooting for you there's mm. this a primitive part of yours that any mtu usasania do it tena and it's just criticism mm. now if you understand that it becomes easier for you to take it in because this pain is a clear reflection of mm. yes there's this pain that comes from this part of my personality mm. but knowing well that this is good criticism mm-hmm. you can reflect on this pain and come up with a better principle moving forward mm-hmm. and now you won't view criticism as an attack instead mm-hmm. instead psychic criticize instead of being ready to fight mm-hmm. you'll be more thoughtful and mm-hmm. you'll take it in more mm-hmm. positively so that made a lot of sense now mm-hmm. to why people are, are in denial now mm-hmm. attacking your yeah. criticism mingi So, so if I finish <coughs> up um like I said tough love is effective for both for achieving both great work and great relationships then the quote he says which I think it's important before I move to the next one numerous studies have shown that there is little to no correlation between one's happiness and the amount of money one accumulates yet there's a strong correlation between one's happiness and the quantity of one's relationship so ah. so it's more about the relationship than more about money what is the yes. point there yeah more it's more less. about like the quality of relationship it has a correlation with happiness it can increase quality of relation like if, are, yes. if, if me and you we are in good relationship uh, I my happiness than having money okay. yes yes okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah okay so on that tough love achieving both great work and relationship and ukun kimaliza another now three more he says trust in another culture trust in radical truth and radical transparency, transparency. Yeah. okay So realize that you have nothing to fear from knowing the truth. Have integrity and demand for it from others. ETC. So those are also some cultures. Then another one very important, cultivate meaningful work and meaningful relationships. Exactly. So <coughs> relationships have to be genuine and not forced. So let nature take its course. So sometimes and okay, I want to be friend. Let me let me force this relationship. Aita work. Benito up on my camera. Hey, hey, this guy is cool Ben. Let me be his friend. Those, I, I've I've experienced those things. You know the people you're saying maybe we're on online or somewhere then you're saying, "Hey, I want to be this person's friend." Ah. Those things they, they might work. work but they rarely work because you came with an int- you had a goal in mind 
and if that goal is not achieved in a very easy mm. and Senegal talks about that yes also. yes I, i think that's what be has come to mind those people who want to be friends because of benefit because once the benefit is removed yes they're no longer your friends <laughs> they're no longer your friends <laughs> so cultivate meaningful work and meaningful relationships and let it uh, nurture and naturally okay and then uh, last over here says also create a culture in which it is okay to make mistakes and unacceptable not to learn from them so basically says create a culture where it, if people make mistakes it's okay it's it's normal it's part of life see mistake ah you're a waiter amfunja glass umfute it's normal it's make mistakes but you know for one be wind you again i'm asking you say but three muna fanya nga atuf ba sana by the mistake dogo to ashafutu ashafutu weka mouse kuje kesho yeah so it is okay to make mistakes but also understand it is unacceptable not to learn from them Yeah, repeating mistakes yeah. now. And then you just unavunjanga tu, unavunjanga tu hizi glass. Eh, hata wimfute sasa like you're doing the same mistake over and over again. So, those in a summary I can finish with those few cultures which are under work principles mm-hmm. that you had shared. So that's it from here. So for me I think on the personal principles, the ones that I can really uh really really emphasize, the ones that I think have had a big impact on me let me just say them I won't count them I'll just say the ones that come to mind top of yeah. mind so that I won't force issues the first one is pain pl- plus reflections equal progress yeah, I was going to tell you that, that, that. exactly pain plus reflection will be equals to progress and it gives you a perfect reason for that the very many uh, the very many situations where you'll go through pain will not be the only situations which will go through pain for example uh if you're in a relationship and it ends this may not be the last one to end so reflect on it well understand these things well use the pain to reflect well and then the next time you can make better decisions and you can make progress that's the first one that's where you get the gem yeah so. that's where you get the gem the principle now the principle. exactly uh so you can say okay i'll never do this again or if i do this under these circumstances that's that's pain plus reflection it's the same way i was able to drop out i failed the first time and because the main problem and i like sharing this <laughs> is because my mom was in the picture <laughs> my mom was really against it that was really painful <laughs> she refused <laughs> that was informed too i learned from it i decided the next time i won't approach when my mom is there mm-hmm. so the next time i just approached my dad when my mom had traveled and it worked so, yeah. so that is one uh the second one i'd say is evolve or die uh I think I like that one and I really thought hard about it why evolve or die basically it's this your life has to change for you to make progress you have to change how you look at things for example uh five years ago I had not read as many books as I've read right now right mm-hmm. so over the last five years I've accumulated some knowledge on how things work now if I'm going to evolve I must change how I look at things, how I relate with people, let's say like Caleb was saying, mm. how you do certain things and that will make you again evolve to a different uh person. Then you learn some more things and then you'll evolve to a different person. Then you learn mm. some more things and you evolve to a different person. Let's say you start out in trading. Started out learning all the indicators. Then mm. you learned one that was working, you evolved to a different kind of trader. You started trading on the 15 minute one hour in, you evolved again 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 so you keep on evolving you'll keep on evolving and if you don't do that basically understand that what is happening is the world is moving against you 
So as much as you may think I'm not making progress, no, you're making progress backwards. You're dying slowly but surely because the mm-hmm. world is moving slowly against you because the world is always changing. You are exactly. 20, now you're 30, you have kids maybe. The world has changed as much as you may not realize. So if you have not changed, then you're slowly but surely dying. You're just dying. You're not evolving. Exactly. So that is uh, another one that really uh, fascinated me. And I think that is, just as I, as I interrupt you, I think that is really, really uh, open in life. Like, life itself is evolving. Exactly. Ulianza ukiwa mdogo. The things you used to do when you were five, you didn't do when you were 15. Exactly. The things you did when you were 15, you're not doing now when you're 25. And I won't do the same things I'm doing now, now at when 35. you're 35. Exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah. At 35, maybe you'll have a kid. Exactly. Right now, maybe every Friday you're going out. Exactly. Yeah. At 35, <laughs> every Friday, maybe you're going you to your out. kid yeah. <laughs> or to your wife. Yeah. So life, no. life itself evolves. So if you don't evolve, die. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So don't evolve. I think right. you've done a perfect yeah. job of explaining that one. And that's why uh, just one point. I normally from my point of view, I I normally I think I believe life favors the people who are helping it progress. The people like, who are helping it evolve look, in their best. Yeah, look at exactly. people who are dying sometimes. Drunkards, drug addicts. <laughs> You know, <laughs> know I Some guy who's 89 and you're saying, yeah. You know if you think about let's say like smoking cigarettes. Mm. Uh, if you're smoking uh, cigarettes just uh, consistently, then you're just basically cutting short your life. Every single pack mm-hmm. you smoke, you mm-hmm. slowly but surely mm-hmm. Reducing your, your lifespan. Life uh, life so even when you even habits which lead you to now die instead of evolve mm. are not the good habits, they're mm. the bad habits. Mm-hmm. The things which you do which are not leading you to progress mm. are the ones which are slowly but surely right. making the world move against you. True. Mm. Yep. So the third one I'd say is weigh the first order, second order and third order consequences of doing things. That's a very powerful one. A very, very powerful one. In that The first order consequence of drinking is having a lot of fun. The second order consequence of drinking could be maybe you're creating an environment for cancer to develop in your body. Mm-hmm. Maybe. That's the second order consequence. It's the not third. the first one. And the third one is you could develop cancer and die. True. Mm. So. Okay. You have to weigh all this. You have to weigh all that as you make a decision. The first order consequence, you have a trade that is ahead of you. You want to take 10% risk. Mm. The first order consequence is You'll take the trade, maybe you'll be in, okay? Mm-hmm. But the second order consequence, maybe you'll have fear. You won't mm-hmm. be able to manage the trade in the right way. The third order consequence is maybe even that trade won't work the way you expect, so you'll end up losing 10%, 10% of your account. You get mm-hmm. First order consequence, you want to have a good body. Mm-hmm. First order consequence is you have to go to the gym. Mm-hmm. But if you go to the gym, the first order consequence of going to the gym is pain. Mm-hmm. But the second order consequence after pain is having the body you want. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing with life is the first order and the second order consequences are always inversely correlated. Mm-mm. In that, mm. any time where the first order consequence is pain, the second order consequence is pleasure. Mm. But anywhere where the first order consequence pleasure. is pleasure, the second and order consequence is pain. Mm. That's the paradox of life. Mm. If you think about it from that perspective, you'll really save your, uh, yourself a lot of Uh, mistakes when you're making decisions. So that's mm. a very powerful way to make decisions. Mm. Just think of the first order, second order, third and order. third order consequence. Yep. I think those three are the ones that I'd pass along to you guys. I have many, many more, but I think those three are the most important that I'd pass along to you guys. Okay. 
I think as we finalize, because for the interest of time, mm. Mm, we have other errands to run. To run. So uh, for the interest of time, maybe we can just talk a little bit into his trading. Yeah. So maybe how he trades, uh, mm-hmm. how he looks at markets, his beliefs about markets. Yeah. Uh, basically, I think we can start there. Yep. So for me, basically, I think I can give one point, then you guys can give one one point, then we close it up. For me, it's uh, the main interest about uh, how he learned markets from Ridalio was uh, one. He really, really looks at system development. Yeah. So uh, before he even trade, and I think that is what he, he hadn't developed when he even lost money the first time. He hadn't really, really developed. Because that is when now, after losing that money, he's went now he went to learn looking at history. Yeah. Because, hey, what's wrong here? Then when he went to look at history, he realized, okay, this video has been happening. Mm-hmm. I, I just didn't look at history. Mm-hmm. See, so for me, I think what I really, really picked from him is as you try to become a trader, the first thing, Ama, the most important thing for you to do is, first of all, develop a system. Mm-hmm. Not a theory, not a story, <laughs> not a book you read. A system. A way of looking exactly. at things. Mm. It starts with, your first of all, your philosophy about markets. Two, have you gathered data around that philosophy that you have? Uh-huh. Thirdly, are you executing it to precision? Mm-hmm. You know, you can have a system only develop, but you can execute ile designing. Execution yako exactly. system. So, first of all is learn how markets like have a philosophy of how markets work. It can be through your own research, through historical uh, 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 market research also. Uh, then develop a system around that through data. See stories. If you look at Aridalio, uh, I think <laughs> he develops much of his data, uh, 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 much of his system through uh, actually computers. Yeah. I think most of his systems are algo developed. Yeah. Like uh, algos runs through 500 years of data. I, I don't think uh, a, a, a human can run through 500 years of data. <laughs> it's very difficult. Because even for me, I did it for almost 20 years. <laughs> Actually, it was 17 years. It was long. <laughs> And I only did about three pairs. <laughs> you see, so uh, gather data from history. So look at how markets worked historically. As Ken said, no, there's nothing new under the sun. All, all these events are cousins, brothers, sisters. Yani, they have a se- almost the same bloodline. So if you if, if you look at how did this market evolve over the last 200 years, you can know how to trade it over the next 100 years. 100 years, exactly. So first of all, for me, what I really, really picked from him is develop a system. Don't trade what you you you, you, you think, think, ideas, uh, hype. Because guys, like if you see the last uh, two years of trading, A lot of newbie traders have been trading based on hype, especially in the crypto markets. They have zero, what are cryptos? They have zero research on it. Well, buy it Elon Musk, <laughs> see? The richest man said, we buy Dogecoin. To me buy. That is an idea you bought about it. So if you don't develop a system, there's no, there's literally, me, I can tell you guys Bitcoin's from. People followed Juzia Mouza Karibu. So. Yeah, it's all about 90% of what he owned on, on, on Bitcoin. So, <laughs> nah, asa, and he didn't tell you guys, guys, we're selling today, let's sell. <laughs> he told you guys when to buy, but when to sell. Story. He did it. You know, Bill Gates said, these people who are following Elon Musk, they don't know them, they don't have that a billion to spare. Elon Musk can lose a billion. My share can end Exactly. Because I think he sold it at about 60% loss. Loss, yeah. He sold it at a loss, exactly. So first of all, for me, that is what I can say about Redalio. Like, trade systems. Don't trade ideas. Don't trade stories, hype, what is trending, Basically, develop a system and trade the system. And I think that has really, really helped me also into my trading. 
I took a break about last I think last year or 2020, 2020 took a break really did deep back testing uh focus on uh, uh, specific setups and that is what I'm trading right now currently so I think if if you you move with what is uh like you are jumping from system to system because first of all you you've, you've not developed the first one so it's it's so easy ah let's just test what i trade i can jump to what caleb does as long as it makes sense hii line ikitach hapa but you know one thing with that also that i think uh, is also uh one reason why i personally also believe you can't you can't make money in trading unless you have developed a philosophy and a system is you don't have the confidence to stick with the philosophy yeah. and the system when things are bad things are bad mm. Exactly. You won't have that confidence. The moment you lose three trades. Magnets apana. Acha sasa ningeuko tena kwa trend following. Nimeacha na tena na contrary trend in Asia. Yatara tunaanza kwa Exactly. And the moment I join the trend, market starts to pull back. It's like this market. You can't kind of kuangalia. Like market actually the new I always think like that. Like market ziko na binoculars. Ni kanzira quote. Kama kuna zip patterns of trading. When, when I stopped trading them now the, I can see them I don't trade they now work <laughs> <laughs> let me go back exactly so you need to have a system yeah. so first of all develop a system take time and data, data, data but I also think I have a reason for that mm-hmm. I think when you're looking at markets from a lens where you have your positions already taken and you have your views on mm. how a system should work you're attached to it mm. But when you're looking at it and you're not trading, even you know you're just looking at the pattern and you're not trading. Mm. It's very easy for you even to wait for a perfect setup. Mm. But till the time you're joined after this setup plan yangu, you're so attached to it that hata before you form vizuri, unataka tena kuanza kuingia, umeanza kufanya fanya vitu zako nini. So that is what basically now makes you interfere with even your system. Unapata umeanza kuchukua trades you shouldn't. That's why it takes time for people also to learn I think how to trade. Exactly. And I just finalize on my system parties. Uh as you formulate a system there are uh, I think uh core parts of a system. And from what I picked from him and what he did wrong why he lost everything in 1982 82 was uh risk. Mm-hmm. So the risk in your system has to be well well defined. You have to know what is your maximum portfolio dip mm. what is your maximum risk on a trade mm. what is your maximum exposure per week mm. what is your maximum exposure per month and you need to follow these things religiously yani kama mungu wako tulisema tukilose 4% mwezi ni hivyo and i think that is one thing about also this man after his first blowout i think for, since he, since he now started trading well i think his last drawdown was about 5% I think it was 202 yeah 5% oh, annually and that is after fees so maybe he was even a, maybe up one then fees took him maybe two negative four or five okay covid is downward but uh, he came back he came back he came, came back. back yeah he didn't lose uh, that, that just that covid that covid shock he he had to close a loss of about 15% on the stocks he was owning because actually markets dropped 35 38% so mm. if you are really really holding stocks and you knew you had to cut it somewhere that is one thing about risk and that is something very very good because most people aunge cut your risk aunge hope itarudi this is stocks in covid at least for him he accepted no it was a no brainer we are down 15 cut it so uh, for me one part of a system is really really detailed so much about risk if you if you don't detail much about risk 
there is a high risk that you will get the risk of ruin and still even after learning so many things developing a system nini nini if you don't develop that risk part of the system well doom is coming you see exactly and that is for me what i really really learned from him so risk that aspect of uh, actually risk adjusted return is what actually uh, uh, came from him things about uh, uh, reducing risk without reducing return such stuff it was a very very i think there's also a video about that he talks about um is maybe diversification maybe yeah. you guys will talk about it but is that also reducing risk without reducing return so develop a system through uh, data so uh, gather data uh, if you're trading a system maybe 10 20 years 50 years 100 years depending on how much you want to to go back into history then follow that system and trade it religiously so don't waste time almost a year developing a system and you can't execute it well mm-hmm. so for me it's that point uh develop a system and try to execute it with perfection i think i can that is one point from trading uh about about redalia because we, we we really really didn't have systems back in 2017 18 no we really actually i think covid time is when we covid time is when we really spent much time into back testing and all that so basically testing what you're trying to uh, 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 to do and if you look at him he's done now the the new book changing world order he's done 500 years of market research that is so much data anyway fanya to 20 na niko confident na na trade size jamaa na ko na 160 billion and out to me 500 years of data so he knows okay at this time it's not good to invest in the us economy let's invest in china this time let's invest here data my friend trade data don't trade what you think ama don't ama yes mangu musema i don't trade markets i trade data exactly another point about markets that you picked from principles or from ray dalio gonel summarize For me it's diversification very uh, important like Clive was saying according to Redalio diversification is the holy grail of investing in that and he explains it in a very very good way for example let me just give you a hypothetical example if you have $100,000 today and you want to allocate it to assets how most people would think is they'd say okay let me put in 30% in stocks 30% in bonds and then another 30% in something else now what that would do in markets generally is it would affect markets why uh, not it would affect markets but it you will not have reduced your risk why because stocks are generally riskier than bonds and bonds are less risky than stocks okay So the right way for you to diversify first of all is to look at asset classes as the risk uh, components. In that bonds are generally less riskier than stocks, stocks are generally less riskier than cryptos, and cryptos let's say are generally less riskier than venture capital. Okay? So if you're going to allocate money into these four ventures, you're going to have uh, you're going to allocate capital. What do you do? You start by first of all putting 60% of your money into bonds. It's the less risky thing, so you put majority of your cash there. Then you can put let's say 5% into venture capital. You can put again 10% into cryptos and then you can put 25% into stocks. That way you have increased your chances of making a high return and at the same time reduced your risk completely because you're playing with very little money where it's risky and you're playing with a lot of money where it's safe. So you've balanced out your return and i think it's very very important to understand but again risk revolves around assets in different economic environments uh, so you need also to spend some time studying different economic environments and how to position yourself but i think that's that's not for today uh, 
for you to learn that that's a whole process again you need to start so it's it's quite quite different but i think for me that's one thing i'd say uh try as much as possible to diversify your risk and especially as you get older for now you're young for us we are young we can take risks wild risks in fact but i think once you start getting to the age of 35 40 once you start having kids and you're thinking and how you got into this idea by the just going back a bit kidogo was it was sometime early 2000 he was diagnosed with cancer so he knew he had maybe some short time to live so what he was thinking was how can he <coughs> how can he structure his fund such that the kids of his kids <coughs> will benefit from that money and they'll benefit from that money since it's performing well in all economic environments so he created something called the all weather portfolio all weather fund which is basically something that is designed to perform well under all economic environments and make money under all economic environments so that's something you should think about and think about heavily deeply and try to think of how you can structure something of the sort but with that said i think i'll stop there uh kale will summarize yeah i think me the word i can just say is um work <coughs> with the with the in terms of systems and all work with the team and look at different strategies mm-hmm. i think that's how he comes up with those different other funds and all yeah um we've seen different companies where people are just working with one system and one which is not we don't believe in that yeah basically believe have a team believe in the team and strategize with different strategies <clears throat> there's a time my system might work well kens and taras are working badly there's a time things can change so be very open minded to create such a system where everyone's system you can put it take it through a process not that you let's just listen take it incubation then test it then before it goes live into and i think that's what people like smb do smb if you get a new idea that's the process they have smb capital uh, take this process we test it first and then we evolve with it we see how it's working test it back test it and then now come and start trading it now with real money start with small amounts and then start going increasing so i think that's what i'll summarize due to time Uh, but that's basically it so there you've had it uh, that's the works of Ray Dalio um we'll leave a few links below where you can go check it out you can go do the the psychometric test that he has at principles at dot uh, com i think and yeah so so yeah so that's pretty much it uh thank you for guys for tuning in to this episode uh, allow us to end it there we'll come into next week and as you said we have a lot of guests lined up so you guys will be sure to see a few more guests coming into the podcast in the next few weeks. So that's it from us. Um remember you can visit us at Jquatar 17th floor to learn more about what we do, uh the classes we have and uh, how we train people to do what we do which is trading in the forex and basically the financial markets. So that's it from us. Um remember as I always say, stay woke, stay financially literate. Peace. Thank you very much for watching Financial Hubs content on YouTube. For more forex analysis, financial education, podcasts and exclusive content, be sure to subscribe.